Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast that takes our favorite properties and reboots them before Hollywood has the chance to, so it's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay, and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them, and welcome to week three of our Guestapalooza. Uh, joining us, we have yet another guest today. Uh, it's uh, Crest, right? Do we, do, we, do we introduce you as Crest or Fantasy Crest? Or, Crest is that your is full fine. name, Fantasy Crest? It's <laughs> the name I use when I'm dungeon mastering, so yes, Crest is fine. Awesome. Um, I'm Crest, pronouns he, him. Wonderful. And if I remember your hint correctly, if memory serves me right... You said that you were going to um, finish a book-to-movie adaptation series and do it better? Sort of. I wanted to add on to what the movie started. All right. Today, I brought to you guys um, Avalon High, specifically the DCOM. Oh. I forgot that was a DCOM. Um, before we go any further, I feel like I should give a blanket warning. Um, spoilers for both the book series and the film, you have been warned. Avalon High is a book written by Megabot. And it had three manga sequels produced by Tokyopop before whatever happened to Tokyopop. And no, I'm not better about that at all. <laughs> the book is stereotypical. <laughs> Ellie Harrison just moved to Annapolis, Maryland. Her new school, Avalon High, seems like a typical high school. But there's um, shenaniganry going on in the background. Um, in the book, Ellie was thought to be um, Elaine of Astolot, uh, Lancelot's wife reincarnated. But it turns out she was the Lady of the Lake. Arthur William Will Wagner turned out to be King Arthur. His girlfriend, Jennifer, was... Um, Guinevere, Lance was his best friend Lancelot, Margo, his stepbrother slash half-brother, I don't really know what happened there, and it was never explained in the book, was Mordred, Mr. Morton was the English teacher, he was a member of the Order of the Bear and represents Merlin, and then there's some other people, but um, none of them really matter except for Ellie's parents, who were the reasons she moved into the city in the first place, and they were um, professors on history. The characters in the film were renamed, and they had their e- mythic alter ego SWAT, um, Ali, or Ellie in the book, turned out to be King Arthur. Mr. Moore became Mordred. And, um, they introduced a new character named Miles, who was a psychic and also Merlin. I'm still not sure how that happened. And Marco turned out to be a or- member of the Order of the Bear. And, yeah, I'm following up on the events of the DCOM. We can do this multiple ways. If we do a live action series, it would mainly just be, I confess it would be just for this one gag I wanted to do, but that's it. But I'm thinking maybe it might work better as a comic book series because admittedly I don't know much about Disney and their comic books, but I think they do them pretty decently. And Disney does decent live action series, or at least they used to. I thought they did an okay job with Wizard of Waverly Place and Megax Ford's effects look decent from what I've seen. Oh, hey, Greg Sulkin's in this. Okay, so the first part art of... Like, the first, like, episodes of the series would follow right after the events of the movie, and it is basically summed up with, what happens next? Will's life is kind of in shambles. Yes, he has a magic girlfriend, but in the lead-up to the finale, he was accused of cheating, his football team was turning against him on that, and, oh yeah, his now ex-girlfriend cheated on him with his best friend. So there's cleanup there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. On the other end of the spectrum, we can have Allie and Miles realizing that, yeah, she's the reincarnation of King Arthur, and he's Merlin. What do they do next? And then the, in the background, we also have Marco reporting back to the Order of the Bear, so something can come from that. Should I explain what the Order of the Bear is? Yeah, I don't know that part of Arthurian lore. I think it might have actually just been made for the books. I'm not 100% sure on that. But um, the Order of the Bear was basically a brotherhood, faction, secret society, club, whatever you want to call it, that believed that King Arthur would return one day. And they trained and kept an eye out for prospects and so on and so forth for that day that would happen. Um, so that's a thing. And then at the end of it all, when things 
sort of stabilize or what happens here's where we get the live action gag where they're just sitting in class and then outside we have a view of someone walking along and then the door opens and in entered the evil history teacher <laughs> and in the build-up we had that one horror music i can't remember how it's called but goes do it do it do it i can't remember how i cannot pronounce it for the life of me oh yeah from oh, psycho the psycho strings yeah so yes Mr. Morton comes back and because in the movie he got dragged up by cops or security guards kicking and screaming. So he comes back and we just have shenanigans happening with Mr. Morton trying to steal Miles' pen because it's Merlin's staff. Because Miles took it back from him because he was wielding it like a bludgeon in the movie. And he's trying to get Allie in trouble. Um, we can also have fight scenes with goblins or some other magical creature because in the movie... When the big confrontation happened, they were at first in the drama theater, and then they got transported to a beach magically. I'm still, again, not sure what happened there. And we can also do, like, life lessons things, like stereotypical slice of life thing. You get what I'm trying to say, right? Like, not cheating on tests and that sort of thing. Yeah. Normal teen stuff in between all of the medieval shenanigans. Yes. But overall, I want to do a few big arcs. First off, Morgana Le Fay. At the end of the decom, when everyone was running out onto the football field because of course they won the big game, a cute girl in a sweater catches his eye, Miles' eye I should say, by stopping him and commenting on his magic pen. We could have Hermie Morgan. But also the Mangle sequels to the book Tokyo Pop produced. They introduced Marco's motorcycle riding now ex-girlfriend Morgan. So there's options there. Then I also want to do a bit of an intertwined plot arc to answer the question, why is Avalon High and the land nearby so special? Why does magical shenaniganry happen here? So we're going to do something of a Fisher King style storyline. And at first I thought of maybe creating a kindly old janitor thing. And then my brain stopped and I went, uh. So instead we're going to make a new character and have him be the art teacher. And he'll be a renowned artist and he's going to be having trouble creating, well, anything. And part of healing him will help rediscover his inspiration. And who might do those, you ask? Well, at the end of the movie, before Will and Allie kissed, Will asked, if you're King Arthur, then who am I? And Allie said something about him being her knight in shining armor or something along those lines. But we'll answer that now. There's a YouTube channel out there called Overly Sarcastic Productions. I don't know if you've heard of them. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, good. You do know them. For those who don't, they do a lot of very cool videos where they talk about tropes, history, and legends. And one of the hosts, named Red, did some videos about Arthurian myth. And in covering his knights, she talked about one of them was basically a Lancelot, but better in every single way. And that's who we'll make Will to be. I speak of Galahad. Yep. We are going to pull an American dragon, Jake Long... And have one of the school's old trophies or a relics or one of the antiques or something be a certain magical cup. I don't know if we want it to be the cup of Christ, but I want it to be something special. And it is the major source of the magic around here. And Will will be the one to find it. And for those wondering, I would make Marco Bevedere. Well, the whole thing about the Holy Grail thing was that it was more retroactively made into the cup of Christ. It seems to have been based entirely on a Celtic motif. Kind of got super Christianized. Oh. In the early Middle Ages. Yeah. So there's all that, and we can have a few side stories about Allie and Miles running into trouble because of their powers, because whenever Allie picks up a, a sword of any kind, it automatically transforms into Excalibur, and Miles has had trouble with his psychic abilities and how it basically developed him into being a snark machine. And of course, we can have the Order of the Bear in the background testing him, saying, are these two really King Arthur and Merlin? And we can also have the best friend and the ex-girlfriend reconciling and all that. And things starting to balance out. And it's going to all culminate because I really don't see this lasting any longer than a season if we do a live action show or so with Homecoming. Where there's drama of different kinds, but it ends with Allie and Will getting crowned king and queen. And Allie's mom, who in the books was a bit of a badass, 
And in the movie, said they moved to the area because of Avalon High, because she kind of had a very strange feeling about the place, which is an event flag right there. We can have her to be revealed to be the Lady of the Lake, and she ma- breaks Mr. Wharton's jaw, nose, and some of his limbs, and the future looks bright for whatever King Arthur's return is supposed to do. Okay. Now, going any further, I should say, I do not know actors. I know kiss about actors. That's what I'm counting on YouTube <laughs> to do. So, if we did a live-action series, who would you pick? Oh, okay, well, here's the thing, is that if this was a Disney Channel live-action series then it's it's either going to be unknowns or it's going to be who who are the young I'm trying to think of who are the young people on Disney that's the other thing it seems like there's not as many Disney channel sitcoms anymore like that whole era the whole Disney channel live action universe kind of has been petering off i know right now i know that there's bunked and there's raven's home and i don't think there's anything else that's currently ongoing yeah Oh no, I guess Just Roll With It is also in here. And some of the Disney Channel uh, South America stuff. Hmm. But yeah, it's like, uh, uh, for a Disney Channel original movie, if they're not just snatching people from their other properties, they're probably casting unknowns. Ah, uh, okay. Which, uh, that is the ideal for for kids. Like, get, or, yeah, for, for teens, is that you get the unknowns because... They don't cost as much, and then you can say, like, oh, well, this is where Naomi Scott got her start. Hashtag Lemonade Mouth. <laughs> okay. Admittedly, I am not as hooked into the Disney comic verse as I am with Marvel and DC, but do you think they would do an okay job with it as a comic book? Do we want to go that route? Probably, and I feel like, yeah. I feel like comics would be ideal just because, um, like, we could totally do a, a miniseries. But I feel like, pacing-wise, it might be kind of slow if we're doing a slow build to Morgana and then Homecoming after throughout a whole series. And so I feel like either do a a whole movie sequel for that or do the comic book and then you can, the the timeline works out a bit better and you could do like 12 issues and have the slice of life stuff in there alongside the myth arc. Okay. Yeah, and like the Matter of Britain is such a, expansive source material that you can draw on like just the amount of stories that you can involve or just stuff that you can bring in it wouldn't be conducive to a tv series i find uh especially if you do want to bring in more lore also most of that lore is fan fiction so (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah isn't lancelot just an arthurian oc yes he is oh yeah he was christian de De toise uh oc (laughs) And in this show, we are punishing him for his wrongdoings. Yes. Like, he'll reconcile with Arthur, but we are punishing him at first. Oh, Lancelot <laughs> is the freaking worst. Yeah, I, I, The most underrated knight of Arthur's round table is Gawain, in my opinion. He is a good boy, and he tries hard, but he's not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have anything you guys want to add to this? We could definitely have additional arcs just based around finding other knights of the round table and going on different adventures too like yeah at the end of avalon hyde there was a thing where there was a bunch of people all sitting around the round table and i was like come join us marco because he was lurking in the shadows being melodramatic <laughs> so yeah we could do some arc where they find out like more knights um do we want this to be stereotypical and have them all be on the football team or do we want to spread them out we could probably spread them out throughout the school Okay. Yeah, like, I think making them all the football team is, well, for one, it's, like, very obvious. 
And also, if I, we ever try to do the one cartoon where a football team is sent back in time to replace the knights, and then they all get, like, laser shields. <laughs> we have to save that for later. Fair. And I was also thinking, because, like, part of the premise of Avalon High is that weird stuff happens around Avalon. Maybe there's some sort of, like, weird magical woods thing going on, because there's some neat stuff stuff involving magical force and Ooh. all that um we can have the rock that uh excalibur was pulled from or anvil or whatever it's one of the two i know there's some people say it's an anvil and some people say it's a rock but we can have that be hidden in the woods yeah and be a source of magic nearby yeah and we could have the woods itself be some sort of um shout out to uh Bricolian, which was a legendary forest it's also known as the Veil of No Return. Because <laughs> that's also where Morgan Le Fay used to hang out. There's also some really neat connections with Breton uh, mythology, such as um, there was a princess that Arthur rescued, um, and it's all part of the founding myth of uh, Mont Saint-Michel, which is that um, big island monastery off the coast of France. Um, but I link that in with, um, there's this lost city in Arthurian legend on the Breton side of the English Channel called Ys, just Y-S, and it's like the super creepy place, and it's also super creepy because it was featured in The the King in Yellow. It, it's super neat. I think that would be a neat, scary sort of arc or episode to Halloween special. go to Ys. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween at the very least. Yeah. And of course, we could also have something involving Tristan and Isolde. Oh, I guess, yeah, that was Arthurian times, too. Mm-hmm. Um, something else we could explore. Admittedly, I'm a little unclear, but what do you guys think Arthur, King Arthur's like return was supposed to do or mean? Oh. My, my favorite interpretation of King Arthur returning... Um, was always the one the way the librarians did it in season two of the librarians, where it was. I a have time not loop. seen season two yet. I'm, oh no! Okay, I, I won't. I won't. Okay, well, yeah, I was. I I just like to talk about the librarians, but basically, the idea between Arthur's return is um, that he returns in England's greatest time of need, and that he's he's not technically dead. He's just like in suspended animation in Avalon, and like which is like. A fairy world, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then they will send him back when he needs to, I guess, reclaim the throne. So, you guys think that King Arthur's return in this series might be a sign of uh, darkness looms on the horizon and we need a hero? We need Basically. a hero! <laughs> <laughs> well, if we want to expand on that, I guess we can, after graduation, we can have Ali going to college and Jin running into things that go bump in the night oh speaking of things that go bump i one of the things i was thinking we could do would be the dragons underneath the castle or i guess in this case it would be the dragons underneath the school (laughs) oh yeah the red and white dragon yeah because that is a really cool thing what would they be like in normal world though what if they were still dragons like i don't see i'm not super familiar with avalon high so i don't know how much magic magic is going on in this well in my head like if they were about to, like, do battle with goblins, we would see Allie and Miles, like, running down the hallway. There would be a flash of light, and suddenly the world changes around them. Hmm. Hmm. But 
I've also, but we also at the end of the film, we also saw Miles shrink a step into a pen in the physical world. So we're probably going to be feeling loosey goosey with the veil here. Yeah, the the dragons could be like a symptom of the magic coming back. Yeah, and like the first sign might be, I don't know, some shaking under the school, some weird stuff, just weird seismic stuff because they're supposed to be underground. Ooh, idea. Um, Avalon High is sort of a castle. We could have the dragons be on top and they could wake up and we could have a big cinematic moment then. Yeah, that, so, you know, we could actually... If we turn this into, like, a trilogy, the first, or not the first, the second movie, so the first sequel, could be the dragons waking up and wrecking havoc at the school, and, like, that can introduce Morgana, but she doesn't, like, fully become the main villain until the third and final movie. Yeah, I mean, in the manga, the first thing we saw of her was her running up on her motorcycle and looking out over the cliff over the city. I'm sorry, this is getting so empty, I've already chewed through my notes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of Arthurian myths. And there's so much that you can pull from so like with morgan le fay um she's a very very complicated figure who has been both like combined with other characters and decombined Mm -hmm. yeah and she's kind of gotten the medusa treatment recently in that i mean not completely absolving her of everything she's done but pointing out that you know she really wasn't gonna be a villain until she was horribly assaulted and ruined by men yeah. yeah. Morgana's a girl boss. <laughs> well, if she does ride a motorcycle, we could have her lead a gang- motorcycle gang in the series, maybe. Yes. Also, I think it would be really interesting if Guinevere was given more to do than just be the unfaithful girlfriend. Well, in the movie, she was a cheerleader. She should be given more to do than just be the unfaithful cheerleader girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Like, so some fun entomology stuff um her name means the white enchantress the white fae or ghost and like one of the theories behind the origins of arthurian myth is that they might these stories might have originally been oh welsh like actual celtic welsh mythology and these characters especially like arthur guinevere and a couple other uh morgan le fay were gods and during the Christianization of Wales and Western England, so I'm also looping in like Somerset and uh, the Cotswolds and Devon, they were historicized into just being legendary kings and queens by the Christian missionaries. So maybe Guinevere's got some powers herself. We could have um, Ali's mom, the Lady of the Lake, show up and like help her deal with how she kind of screwed things up. Yeah, she's a complicated lady. She's kind of like the Helen of Troy of the situation. Hmm. <laughs> um. Okay, so if we're talking about Guinevere, I guess we should talk about Lancelot and Lance, the best friend. <laughs> Lancelot is not a himbo. <laughs> no, in the movie he was he was the best friend, he was the good guy, and um, he was also kind of now I think about it, he was actually the only blo- a, a cast member of the main characters. Now I stop and think about it, which is, um, oof. Um, but yeah, so how do we, where do we want to stand on Lance? What should we have him do next? Because, well, obviously we need to do a bit of a redemption arc for him. So how do we want to start mm-hmm. that? Well, we do kind of need to show, because if the pairings at the end are going to be Will and Allie and Lance and Jennifer, then we need to demonstrate that Jennifer and Lance are a better fit for each other than Jennifer and Will. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Like, we could do a thing how, like, they were, the like, Jennifer and Will, we can actually actively have it be stated that they were kind of forced together because they were head cheerleader and the quarterback or football captain. What I don't know how football works. Um, but they were basically forced together by peer pressure. And then after that, like, they're... Like, Will is sad that he was cheated on, obviously, but he he comes to an understanding that they just kind of fell together, and his, and Lance wasn't trying to betray them, it's just that they have better chemistry than Jennifer does with Will. Yeah, that works, and in the movie, I mean, Will and Allie got on along pretty great. Allie was joined the track team when she showed up at Avalon High, and there would be mornings where she and Will would just go running together and just click. Yeah, so it's more just like... At first, it's misplaced bearings, and then it's like, no, we're actually, you know, good. Because, like, the entire reason why Lancelot was created was to justify the idea of courtly love. Like, yeah, he was crutching de Toise OC, but also he was kind of commissioned by uh, de Toise patron Marie de Champagne, who was the daughter of Eleanor of Aquitaine by her first marriage to Louis the Frick. I think think it was yeah seventh of france <laughs> you can tell i love this period so much <laughs> <laughs> so we have goblins running through the schools hallways we have dragons above and below we have the holy grail hidden somewhere in school there's the stone in the forest we have morgan scheming we have mordred just being an ass and being that evil history teacher is there anything else we want to do uh the green knight yes Ooh, the green knight Hmm. yeah the green knight's so cool what do we want to do in this instance because i'm guessing we can't do it because well this is disney we can't do a beheading thing so where he would like hold his own head or whatever have you so what do we want to do here yeah it's a weird challenge well, maybe he and gawain are definitely gonna make out <laughs> but also maybe the green knight could be like a local legend kind of like their version of the headless horseman Ooh, i do like that oh oh he could fit into the weird forest yeah and then maybe instead of being in like armor, he's dressed up like a 18th century. I, I'm assuming this is taking place in the U.S., probably in New England. Yes. So he could be dressed up as like a Minuteman or something. He can be the supernatural thing. Um, the Order of the Bear uses the test alley. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that works. Um, okay, let's address Miles and the Merlin thing. Will we just leave that as is and um avoid anything? icky or do we need to address the icky i think i think the best way to address the icky would be to leave miles as is because is so so merlin took advantage of more in the original myths merlin took advantage of morgana romantically and sexually and so i think if we were to do it the way that the book or if we were to have merlin the way the book had it where merlin was a teacher but introduced morgana as a student <sighs> yeah, so, that's I think a bit much better. for yeah. Disney. Shut on my spine, yick. If if we're doing any manner of quote unquote woman scorned with uh, Teen Morgana, then I would rather it be from someone her own age and just like a normal breakup and not something horrible. Right. Mm. Maybe with Morgana, her problem is like her feeling that she's the more worthy inheritor of whatever powers our Arthur character is supposed to have. She thinks, okay. So Morgana's issue could be her staring at Ellie and going, it should be me. Yes. Yes. Or star staring at all of them. Like even staring at Guinevere. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Um, I'm grasping at straws here. Like I said, I finished my notes very fast. <laughs> Do you two have any more thoughts? Because if not, that's kind of all I have. Oh, Lindsay, wasn't there a knight who in one of the stories almost got seduced by like the fairy queen or something? Uh, or was that like a poem? One of one of the fanfics. I want to say Lonfall got involved with the fairy queen, but it was mostly to take that to Guinevere. I was almost thinking like, okay, so. I know that Endgame is going to be Lancelot and Guinevere, but also Lancelot had a relationship with Elaine of Corbinac, who was the Grail Maiden, and thus they had Galahad. I thought um, the book said, well, what I had, my notes actually said Elaine, uh, LA was originally Elaine of Astolat, or am I mispronouncing that? Uh, there's a lot of Elaines. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I I am looking at the Wikipedia page, and there is an Elaine of Astolat, an Elaine of Benoek, Elaine of Corbinac, uh, okay. and one of Arthur's other sisters might have been named Elaine because, as I said, Morgan Le Fay has been combined and decombined multiple times with other characters. There is no canon and, for Arthurian myth. Yeah. So, um... In the version of the legends as told by Thomas Mallory in Le Mort d'Arthur, which is based on the quest part of the French Vulgate cycle, Elaine's father, King Pellis of Corbinac, knew that the near-perfect knight Lancelot would have a son with Elaine, and that child would be Galahad, uh, the most noblest knight in the world, and uh, Elaine and her dad, Pellis, are the protectors of the Grail. I don't know if maybe on Lancelot's uh, on Lance's redemption arc, he meets Elaine of Corbinac or her equivalent, and she helps, you know, push him towards the the good. Okay. So we'll have the reconciliation part go into the whole Holy Grail thing. It's supposed to be a redemptive thing. Yeah. Yes. And also we can have discussions about the Holy Grail and, like, where it comes from and how it's a bit weirder than people think. <laughs> But it's definitely more of a creation, a combination of um, Celtic and especially Welsh mythology combined with the Christian legends surrounding the, the Eucharist. Uh, medieval Catholics were really big into the Eucharist. It was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I took a, a class on uh, popular religion in the Middle Ages and oh boy, people went to multiple masses a Sunday. Just so that they could see the Eucharist. But yeah, like, the Grail itself might have originated from um, one of the four treasures of Ireland. Oh, the stone um, the stone of the earth, a goblet of water that flows out, um, a sphere of fire, and a sword of air. Yeah. Thank you, Diane Dewan. Yeah, the cauldron, uh, the cauldron of Dagda. Uh, no company ever went away from it unsatisfied. Ah, uh, the cauldron of plenty. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Maybe in the climatic finale, they have to get those four treasures together to save the day from whatever Morgan's plans are. Okay. Do we want to do something with the police in the area? Because I feel like maybe we should address the police if magical shenanigans is happening. <laughs> or do we just want to have them be woefully ignorant? Woefully ignorant. It's funnier that yeah. way. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess that works. I mean, we could have Mordred trying to get them in trouble. And then when nothing happens, the police just look at this man like, didn't we drag you away kicking and screaming the night of the big game? Ah, uh, yes. I guess we're not going to do the whole incest thing regarding Mordred. Thank you. No. We yeah, we don't, we don't need any more. Society's were guessed past all of that. Yeah, I think at least in the earliest version, Mordred was just like a regular-ass nephew. Not nephew son. <laughs> um, alright. I guess that's it then. <laughs> Sorry, I know this episode's very short and quick. No, no it's cool. fine. We've had short episodes before. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes nice to do. Yeah. But if that is everything we can think of for Avalon High, I guess all we're gonna do is we're gonna look up and we're gonna look at that dragon-headed comet, which means it must be time for a friendship promo. Hey everybody, this is Tanner from the future with the friendship promo, because sometimes I like to branch out and I'll see something that doesn't necessarily lend itself to sending in an audio commercial to put in here, so I'll just talk about it myself. So this week I am spotlighting a debut novel from an author who I have been following on Twitter for a few years now. His name is Andrew Joseph White. He can be found on Twitter at AJWhiteAuthor. And he has a novel coming out in June of next year, June 2022, titled Hell Followed With Us. Now, this is a novel coming off of Peachtree Teen, which is a new publishing imprint focusing on YA novels, and they're trying to get a very varied launch list. So I'm just going to uh, read the quote coming off of the publisher's weekly uh, press release regarding this. Hell Followed With Us is a post-apocalyptic horror novel by first-time author Andrew Joseph White. It introduces a 16-year-old transgender boy who has escaped from a fundamentalist cult and teams up with an LGBTQ youth center fighting for survival. The novel is chock-full of some of my all-time favorite tropes, editor Ashley Hearn observed. It features a queer teen and includes body horror and explores gender and sexual identity. Andrew has such an incredibly fresh voice and a knack for horror, and we are so pleased to have found him on the ground floor of his career. And then just going on to Andrew's Twitter, he has also elaborated and stated that there will obviously be a list of content warnings available on his website. And yes, this is also going to be a very gay book. It is gay, super gay, boys falling in love and wrecking shit gay. One of the boys is trans and very, very gross. Thank you. I hope you enjoy. Just going off of what I've seen from Andrew in the past few years, this sounds like it's going to be a very fun book, a very dark and edgy book, and something very cathartic for people who have had, you know, gender feels or just really angry at the Christian right, or, you know, just wish you could turn into a huge slavering monster and really go to town on a motherfucker. So yeah, keep an eye out for that, pre-order it when you get a chance, and back to the show. So Crest, thank you for coming on this week. Thank you for having me. This was, this, was, this was a really fun little episode. We got to talk about a whole bunch of wacky King Arthur uh, shenanigans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always fun to talk about Arthur. Exactly. Well, it's kind of my shtick for the moment, considering I guess I'll go into what I do. Um, I'm Chris. I'm something of a drawer and writer. And the reason King Arthur stuff is sort of my shtick is because I am Dungeon Master of Choices, a Cities and Myth Fallen Camelot D&D 5e stream that shows up bi-weekly, which takes place in Albion and can be summed up with Morgan one, Morgana 1, Magic is Wrecking the Country, and it's time to clean the house. <laughs> that sounds really fun. Yeah. I'm working on trying to find a place to upload the VOD, but it's difficult because I can't, I'm sort of afraid of YouTube, and I'm having trouble finding a site. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah. On Twitter, you can find me at FantasyCress, on Pillow4.com. 
Just Crest, and yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me. All right. And Lindsay, how about yourself? I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476. It's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Notify About You first, and they sound like the clashing of two dragons representing the Welsh and the Saxons fighting beneath your house. <laughs> You can also email us at notifyrebootyoufirst at gmail.com where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and your reasons why all of this situation is Vortigan's fault. Um, <laughs> that's where you can We didn't say- even talk about Vortigan. Hang on, Oh hang yeah, on, we did not talk, talk about, about Vortigan. The reason why all of that bullshit started. <laughs> I'm peaking my audio so bad right now. <laughs> <laughs> If that bastard had not let the Saxons in, none of this would have happened. <laughs> Here's my really quick idea for Vortigan to, uh, for Avalon High. He's just a shitty principal. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we solved it. And everything is his fault. He was the one who hired Mr. Morton. <laughs> <laughs> principal Vortigan is the principal Skinner of Avalon High, and just like Principal Skinner, he will be eaten by a snake at the end of the last movie. <laughs> As he deserves. Yep. So anyway, <laughs> uh, that's where you can send us a friendship promo, be it an audio clip or a proof for us to read. Either way, we'll put in a free ad for your podcast or YouTube, even your DeviantArt. You could even ask to be a guest, but if you do, make sure you to send us a hint instead of the entire idea because we like being surprised. Um, We have a Patreon and we want to give a quick thank you to our sponsors, Theo, Ram, Julia, Christina, Cassidy, and Charlie. Thank you all. Uh, that being said, we don't expect you to donate to the Patreon if you aren't already, because we understand there's a lot of stuff going on in the world today. So we would really much prefer you give money to your grassroots organizations that are helping fight police brutality and encouraging police abolishment, um, helping black people, Asian and Pacific Islander people, um, trans people, all manner of uh, people who are currently being disenfranchised by whatever local government. That being said, if you do want to help us in a way that doesn't involve giving us money, then it's just as helpful to leave a rating and review for us on your podcatcher of choice. And if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, let me know and I'll try and get us in there. Not If I Reboot You First is a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can find out more about the other awesome shows we share the network with at CornerPodNet on Twitter. And we also have a Corner Podcast Discord, which there should be a link in the Twitter that is working. And if not, just DM me or Lindsay or Christina on the Twitter or on the Discord, and we will invite you into the Discord channel. Um, and last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex, a.k.a. Pachu, and her can be found on ptchew.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. So, Tanner. Hey, Lindsay. You got one more hint? So yes, we have one more hint next week for our final guest in Guestapalooza, and their hint is simply the words, Expanded Phases. Hmm. Hmm. Well, is then. it the moon? <laughs> I guess next week we're going to the moon! <laughs> um, but until then, Crest, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me on. 
And uh, for the rest of our listeners, we'll see you all next week, but not if we reboot you first. Bye. Bye.